it's a really fun way to travel and to meet new people and as long as you enjoy what you're doing i feel like that's priceless hey welcome back to learn laugh leap i'm shannon paradis and today i'm joined by spartan racer lacey burgess lacey has been racing competitively for about three years and this year she placed 10th in the national series for spartan racing Welcome, Lacey. Thank you. So, Lacey, is it true that you have completed 43 races? That's insane. That sounds about right, yeah. I did have a couple years. The first two years I raced a ton, so that's probably accurate. And some are obstacle courses and some are Spartan races? Right. So, Spartan race being the main one, I would say I've done the most races of Spartan race. But I've also done some Savage race as... Um, conquer the gauntlet a lot of local races as well Um, just because you kind of see these different formats out there and you want to give them a try because you're not really sure what you're going to excel at when you first start obstacle course racing yeah so how did you get started let's talk about that well I guess I've always been a runner I didn't run competitively in college sometimes I wish I would have been a little bit more serious about life (laughs) well who is yeah I was just kind of partying and but I started trail running a lot when I moved to the Twin Cities and fell in love with that versus road running and then I got into rock climbing about four years ago now one of my indoor rock climbing partners here was really into Tough Mudders and doing other formats of obstacle course racing as well and I didn't know anything about it anyways he suggested that I go to a race with him because he said well you're a pretty good runner and you know you're a good climber so I think that you'd be good at obstacle course racing so I gave it a shot and kind of got obsessed with it (laughs) when you say rock climbing were you doing that around the twin cities or somewhere out west with the twin cities it is rather time consuming I would say to get outdoor rock climbing in and especially since we get so much precipitation here uh, you can drive about an hour and go to sandstone or barn bluff over at red wing or taylor falls is another but it's sort of like you're taking a big chance because if conditions aren't good like it's happened to me before where we've driven all the way out there and each climbed once and not been able to continue because it started sprinkling or something because then it gets too slippery. So outdoor rock climbing around here isn't fantastic, but it's definitely doable and there are some good spots out there. So I do the majority of mine indoor at Vertical Endeavors. Mm -hmm. And then the running element, what does that look like? Are you doing endurance or more sprints? Sort of all of the above. I'm a little bit better in the range of like seven to 10 miles, slowly working towards getting better at like that 12 to 14 mile range. Usually the sprint courses aren't my favorite, like I can be competitive in them, but my speed probably isn't 100% as good as some of the top Spartan athletes out there, I would say. And let's unpack Spartan racing for anyone listening who is like me, because before hearing about you, I knew zip zero about Spartan racing. (laughs) Sure. No, that's what a lot of people say. I, when I ask them like, are you familiar with Spartan racing? A lot of people are like, what? (laughs) What Spartan racing is, is so there's three different distances. There's a sprint, a super and a beast distance. Uh, just like how it sounds the beast course is a 12 to 14 mile race 
that has 30 to 40 obstacles. The super distance is generally 25 to 30 obstacles and 8 to 10 miles. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I actually really like the super course too. But the sprint course is 3 to 5 miles, 20 to 25 obstacles. And your obstacles are going to be ranging from grip strength obstacles such as monkey bars or there's like rotating different steel grippy intensive things that you're and then like plate drags um sandbag carries six to eight foot walls that you're going to jump over there's a dunk wall that you're going to go underwater so it's just a really good variation of obstacles that are going to test different forms of fitness yeah so after that first race that you did with your friend were you hooked totally I actually really didn't want to do it either because like most normal people I was like well you're gonna get really muddy and I don't really want to want to ruin my mani yeah and I was like so we're gonna get completely soaked like I didn't want like my hair to look like a hood rat and like you know straight out of the sewer <laughs> but after I did it I just did a sprint course in Minnesota I felt like it was like the hardest hour of my life I remember getting done and I was like that was effing hard. Oh, 100%. But you feel so like you conquered something huge. And it, it's sort of like, I don't know, it just feels like a much bigger accomplishment than, you know, running like a 10K. Oh, absolutely. When you say three to five miles, people might scoff at that and go, no problem. But as soon as you add, you know, 30 to 50 obstacle courses, it makes it a million times harder. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said, actually, I think it was Drake from Lake State Kombucha, that Spartan racing is like a tough mutter on steroids. <laughs> Kudos to Drake. That's actually a pretty accurate perception. Yeah. And the thing is, when you first start Spartan racing, whenever you fail an obstacle, I mean, this goes for any Spartan race, but you do 30 burpees if you fail because you only get one attempt. So like going into it, a lot of times people will end up doing like 90 to, you know, 150 burpees their first race. Yeah, no thanks. They're like crying by the end, you know. <laughs> so if you cannot successfully complete an obstacle, you have to do the 30 burpees and then you get to bypass it, go to the next obstacle. Uh, yeah, so if you miss it on your first attempt because you only get that single attempt, then you go to the burpee pit and do 30 burpees. And then after you complete the 30 burpees, you take off again. And then there's video cameras at the pit to make sure that you do your burpees the right way. And Have you had to do that before? Yeah, oh, a lot of times. It actually took me a lot of races to start running them clean, mostly because I would fail the spear throw all the time. Oh, there's a spear throw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yes. In every Spartan race? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a signature. What's the distance that you have to throw it? It's not that far. I want to say it's like 27 feet or something like that. But it's not the distance. It's just very awkward. It's attached to a string and it's like very lightweight. So you really have to practice it for the most part. Like some people are really fortunate and they just crush it like right away. And they're like, I don't know why this is a hard obstacle. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, right? And I would imagine that for a lot of people, spear throwing probably isn't a strength because it's not something that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, hmm, let me carry this spear over by my desk while I work at my computer. Totally, yeah. So how does one train for spear throwing? Mm, most people have a spear. I keep one in my car. I love it in your car. That's awesome. Yeah. Occasionally, like when I'm in areas where there's a place I can throw, I'll go out and throw some spears just to, you know, get some practice in. 
Okay, so spear throwing, least favorite part of the Spartan racing course. What is your favorite part? The reason why I fell in love with Spartan specifically is just because there's so many incredible venues that they take you to. What most people don't know is that the majority of really good Spartan races are on either a big ski hill or a mountain. So you're going out to these really cool places, you know, like Big Bear, California would be one that comes to mind, where it's not necessarily even the obstacles that are so hard, it's the terrain. Yeah, do you struggle with the elevation at all? Yeah, definitely. I'd say that's always a work in progress. And, you know, there are ways to kind of compensate compensate for that being a flatlander here that I've been working on throughout the last couple years. But you're just not going to probably compete as well as somebody who does live and train at elevation year round. Yeah. So when people come to Minnesota, they probably think the elevation is nothing compared to where they're coming from. Where is the venue in Minnesota? Uh, It's at Welch Village. It's about an hour away. It's at a ski hill. It's a pretty decent climb. And for a sprint course, it's actually semi-difficult, I would say. Even still, somebody coming from the mountain range is at an advantage since they're used to tougher terrain, higher elevation, stuff like that. Yeah. When you're used to doing a lot of climbing, and when I say climbing, I mean trail climbing, climbing hills, climbing mountains on your feet you're going to do a lot better in Spartan racing. That being said, there are a lot of different flat courses throughout the United States, but if you're going to enter it competitively and do a national series, for instance, once you hit the mountains, if you aren't a good climber, you are going to struggle with it. And that's what I've experienced. So after that first race, the very first race that you did, Did you go home and immediately sign up for your next one? (laughs) Kind of, because I got so stoked. Well, I'll say I went into it competing in the competitive category, um, which they've now changed to age group. But I had no idea how I was going to do or anything. And I just remember I won the competitive heat. And then I looked at my time and I was like, man, I should have done the elite heat. So then after that, I was like, I might not suck at this. I should probably start doing more of these. Uh, So then I signed up for a ton. Just all at once. Yeah. (laughs) So how often are they? This year, Spartan started their season dramatically early. It was in February. Jeez, and all of it's outside? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the part that I really like too. You know, we can't control the conditions that you're going to be racing in. So sometimes it's not even the fastest runner or the best obstacle course racer that wins. It's the person who thrives in those conditions. I've been in races where it's been snowing or it's been raining or it's just been super cold and you can't get your hands to work or to grip anything. So it tests a lot of different strengths and weaknesses that you might not know you had. So do you have a personal trainer now or are you just training yourself? I'm just training myself. I did train with Kirk DeWint, who is a really good Spartan racer. He finished, I believe, fifth in the national series this year. Oh, dang. Go Kirk. Yeah. He really helped me work on climbing this year and just learning how to compensate for not having mountains to train on around here. And I got a lot of helpful advice from him. And I would recommend him to anyone. But other than that, I've just been training myself for the most part. 
and getting tips from friends. Like I have a lot of friends that are really good athletes and really good runners and I'm always learning from them as well. Yeah, and they separate the males from females for the national series race. Yeah, uh, so they start the men's heat 15 minutes prior to the women's. So sometimes you catch up to the back end of them, but it hopefully creates a space between the two of you so that you're not pushing through so many men the whole time. And you have a full-time job too, right? Correct, yeah. So how do you balance training plus races plus work? I don't sleep enough. That's one thing I really want to work on this next year is just getting enough rest and not overtraining because like I run or do some form of cardio before work every day. So I get up about five or so and do that before work and then... After work, I usually save it for strength or climbing of some sort, Um, sometimes high-intensity interval training. So do you have some sort of training regimen or program that you're following every day? When I'm training for bigger races, like during this national series, I did a lot more programming, and I was training with Kirk for a chunk of that as well. So he did my programming for me, which was really helpful. So it does prepare you to take your easy days easier and take your hard days harder. But right now, I just finished my last couple races, so it's sort of been nice to just wake up and be like, I'm going to hit the snooze button eight times. Totally, yeah. It's it's actually really nice. I needed a break. So how long ago was the national series? The world championships were two weeks ago. I didn't do the world championships, but... I finished the series in August, so um, it was about end of August, last weekend of August. So, And do you have to qualify for Worlds? Yeah, you do. And did you qualify? I've qualified every year for it, but I didn't go this year because it's so cold. It's at Lake Tahoe, and it was like all-time cold this year. It's not that I can't race in cold temperatures, it's just I prefer not to if I don't have to. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. It's very difficult. If you're putting in the time and work for a big race like that, and to have those conditions kind of screw up your whole race, it can be really hard on you. How do you stay motivated for training for some of these events? It's kind of like all I know at this point, because I've been doing it for a few years. Most of my friends are athletes as well, and so it's sort of what we bond over. We all sort of train together and run together and push each other and it helps accountability wise just to have that support system of friends who will ask you like how your run went or just kind of put you up for different challenges too in your workouts during the week that you wouldn't normally do on your own. Yeah. What is your diet like when you're in training mode? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess I'm on more of a plant-based diet right now. And I do have cheat days and stuff. Sometimes I'll just like eat pancakes and like a bunch of things that aren't good for me just so that I can kind of like stay sane. Yeah. (laughs) But I would say for the most part, it's mostly a lot of fruits and vegetables because that's, I feel the best when I'm eating more vegetables even though I don't always love them I guess I create like huge salads and I do eat salmon quite a bit I feel like that's really good brain food too it helps you focus throughout the day and do you have a go-to pre-race meal not really I'm still experimenting you know how like you think you have something figured out and then you'll have one race where you're like oh my stomach felt terrible that race so I used to always eat a steak 
and like some form of vegetables but i'm kind of like up in the air sometimes i'll have chicken or something too and i do kind of believe that if you don't have meat for a while an extended period of time and then you take it in like before a race or something for me it gives me like a ton of energy oh really i thought you were going to say the opposite like it makes you feel terrible if you haven't eaten it in a while. But no, I guess it works well for you. Yeah, because it's like I sort of sustain and I'll eat mostly, like I said, plant-based. And then if I have a steak or chicken or something and I haven't had it in a while, so it gives me like a ton of energy. But like I said, I'm still always tweaking it. And I take other people's advice and I'll try something new occasionally and just throw myself off. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of just have to stick with what works for you. Yeah. And then what about post-race celebration meal? You're like, I just killed that race and I'm going to eat a whole pizza. (laughs) I do like eating... This sounds really, really stupid too, but I'm obsessed with Greek yogurt. Oh no, that's not even fun. I know, but it's so delicious. And sometimes I'll eat like five Greek yogurts and like, it's like ice cream to me. It's so delicious. That does sound gross. I'm sorry. I cannot get on board with that. (laughs) Okay. Were you always a competitive person? I would say from the females that I met this year, especially racing the national circuit, I'm not the most competitive personality-wise that I know. Do you ever notice if you really like someone and you're competing with them, suddenly you, like, don't want to beat them that bad? Yeah, for sure. That happens to me! Like, I know when to be competitive and when not to be in general, but I guess if someone sort of makes me angry or if I meet someone that seems really arrogant, then I really want to beat them. It lights a little fire inside you, yeah. Absolutely. When you sign up for something like a Spartan race, you've got to kind of be a glutton for punishment. Like, at least part of you must be thinking, why am I putting myself through this? <laughs> yeah, I do think that a lot. But when you see, when you see like other people you know, like even hearing your name once during a race helps significantly. Having anyone cheer you on or even your fellow racers. I've had girls on the course being like, keep it up, keep going. You know, just anything they can say to encourage you keeps you going. And I did think that way like this last weekend I did a back-to-back race weekend and I sort of hate doing that to your body because it's just like the second day you don't want to race at all. You won't be doing that again anytime soon anyway. I don't think so. It's not my fave but I was thinking the first day I'm like oh man like I'm not racing tomorrow. No way. No I'm not doing it. Not gonna do it. But then every time you finish a race and feel so good about what you just did You can't wait to do it again. Yeah, it's addictive. Yeah. (laughs) And you mentioned the travel part. Do they pay for you to go on these trips? (laughs) Pay to play. No. So there was a huge Spartan pro team this year, like 200 athletes. I didn't get picked to be on their pro team. What the heck? I don't know. They don't like me that much, I guess. (laughs) Whatever. Well, maybe things will change after this year. I know. Actually, a lot of people did ask, like, I don't know why you're not on the pro team, but there wasn't anything I could do about it. So I don't know. We'll see what happens next year and that sort of thing. But I did it just because I loved it. And I don't regret anything from this year. And even though it did cost me money, it's a really fun way to travel and to meet new people. And as long as you enjoy what you're doing, I feel like that's 
priceless. So talk about your relationship with Lake State Kombucha. Oh, Lake State Kombucha is awesome. They're super nice people, really down to earth. Um, I was already drinking their product and I stumbled across on Instagram because I followed Kirk that they were following him already too. And I was like, hey, I drink that stuff. And the non-carbonated part really applied to me because carbonation does like hurt my stomach a lot. Anyways, I reached out to them and just asked if they were interested in sponsoring any other athletes and met them, loved them, and been working with them since. Big shout out to Lake State Kombucha. Thanks for sponsoring, Lacey. So do you think that you'll still be doing this five years from now or, or is there an end goal? That's a good question. This sport is really hard on your body for the most part. Like I was saying, our season started so early this year in February and just finished. I mean, I'm still kind of racing right now. So it just kind of depends on how things go. But this year, I didn't race as much as the previous two years, mostly because I just wanted to stay healthy. So you have to find ways to gradually take care of yourself better and make sure that you're going to be able to race. So five years from now, I really hope I'm still racing. Well, it's not like they have a cutoff, like, oh, you can only do this for X amount of years, right? Yeah. And a lot of women actually older than myself are still doing really well in the sport. Uh, The woman who just took third in the world championships, she's from Europe and she's 40. So I think since you get mentally stronger as you're older, that can really translate well. What's the youngest age racer? Mm, That I've seen, early 20s is the youngest I've really seen. But the majority of them are, I would say, late 20s to early 30s would be the most common age category for women. Since you've started Spartan racing, do you feel like this is the healthiest or strongest that you've ever been? I would say the strongest, definitely. Just in terms of upper body strength and grip strength, I have noticed in the last year there's things I can do that I definitely couldn't do two years ago. And it is really nice to see that progress. Man, you guys need to follow Lacey on Instagram. Your pictures are insane, particularly the ones of you on monkey bars. But I do think there's something about monkey bars. Um, I don't know if it, maybe it's just me, but particularly for women, I feel like they they don't have as good of upper body strength as men do. So those monkey bars just seem super challenging and you just seem to like glide across them. <laughs> yeah, I think people underestimate them too. Uh, they look at them just as like, oh, whatever, it's just monkey bars, you know, I did these as a kid, NBD, but I would say the majority of people fail them on their first Spartan race because they're big, thick monkey bars that are further apart than you anticipate. So any upcoming events? I know that you kind of said you're on a hiatus right now, so maybe I shouldn't press. (laughs) Well, since it's supposed to be snowing here this weekend, I feel like it might be a good time to be done for a few months, but we'll see. Usually I kind of want to get out of here during the winter at some point and end up racing somewhere warmer like I went to Florida last year and uh, out in Laughlin Nevada also and it just kind of gives you a chance to have a vacation as well as something to train for during the winter. I know it's got to be hard too when you're traveling how do you stay balanced uh, and focused when you're traveling? Oh yeah that can be really hard actually. I actually started And I heard this on a podcast a long time ago too, where they say the best time to do intermittent fasting sometimes is when you're traveling. I do that occasionally, just if I know I'm going to be in a place where I'm not going to be able to eat what I want to eat. 
I do try to pack little snacks and things like that, but I'll do some intermittent fasting for a day just until I'm someplace where I can eat how I want to eat. So any recommendations for our listeners of movies or podcasts or things that get you amped up before a competition? <laughs> um, I listen to a podcast called Link Endurance. It's an obstacle course racing podcast. Anything else that you want to add before we sign off? Uh, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, thank you for coming, Lacey. And is there a place that we can watch, whether it's online or on TV, any of these races that you're doing? They, like, some people take personal videos, videotaping their friends and family. So they're out there. It's just, I would say the best ones are the National Series races. Those are on Spartan's website or on YouTube. So just those two. They're building it. It's kind of a work in progress. And then otherwise, we just have to go on site and support you at the races. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode of Learn Lathlete, please take five seconds to give me a five-star rating on iTunes and like and share with your friends. Till next time. This episode is brought to you by ProSoul, where Microsoft Office experts create custom solutions to meet your unique business needs. Learn more at www.prosolmn.com. Problem solved.